Welcome to the BioCurious Podcast with your host, Kayla Osterhoff. As a health scientist, biohacker, and generally curious person, I'm always looking for new ways to optimize and integrate mind, body, and spiritual health. I created this podcast to explore the magic and science of human biology and expand your consciousness through learning. If you enjoy the episode that you're about to hear, please leave a review and share it with someone who can benefit from the information. Now let's get curious. Hi, my bio-curious friends. I have decided to interrupt the regularly scheduled podcast episodes to do a special solo episode all about the coronavirus pandemic. I've decided to do this and share my personal full insights on the current coronavirus pandemic to hopefully help offset the massive spread of misinformation and also hopefully reduce some of your fears and anxieties about the outbreak. This specific situation is something that I have more personal insight on than most as I am a health scientist with formal training in epidemiology and a vast experience in both domestic and global public health emergency response. It's not something that I talk about very often, but it is definitely something that I know a lot about, and so that is why I want to share with all of you. I also have six years of boots on the ground experience working at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as CDC, in emergency response and global infectious disease prevention, during which time I also deployed multiple times to the Emergency Operations Center for outbreak responses, including the 2015 and 28 Ebola outbreaks in Africa, the 2016 Zika outbreak in North America, and I also have local level insight on emergency response because I worked to develop the Washoe County Health Department pandemic flu response plans for the cities of Reno and Sparks, Nevada, which will actually currently be adapted and used for the coronavirus response. My educational background, um, just so you have an idea, is I have a bachelor's in health ecology, a master's in public health, and I'm currently working on my PhD in integrative mind-body medicine with a focus in biochemistry and neuropsychophysiology. My educational background and my public health experience has provided me with a lot of insight on infectious disease, including virology, in terms of community transmission and preventative measures. I'm going to share everything that I know as it relates to the current global pandemic, and I hope that you find value in what I'm going to share with you. So first, let's take a look at an overview of coronavirus also known as COVID-19, and take a look at what we know and what we don't know. So first off, coronaviruses are not new to us. They are a family of viruses that we have seen cases and outbreaks before, including SARS and MERS. Um, This specific coronavirus is a novel coronavirus, meaning that we have not seen this specific type of coronavirus in the human population until now. The novel character of this virus is contributing to the spread as we're still trying to understand how the virus behaves. 
What we do know is that it has a longer incubation period than your typical flu or coronavirus. About 14 days is what we're seeing. And it's still unclear how long someone remains infectious after symptoms diminish, but the current guidance is about seven days. Another major X factor with this coronavirus that is contributing to the rapid spread is the fact that many people will be asymptomatic, meaning they will have no symptoms at all, or they will have very light symptoms, which also means that a lot of people, including possibly even you and I, could be walking vectors, which is just to say that there's a possibility of being infectious without knowing it. And this is the reason for the precautions that we're currently seeing being taken in the US, um, uh, closing businesses and shutting down events um, and closing schools and such, and also the global travel uh, uh, restrictions that we're currently seeing. The word pandemic may be very triggering for many of you, and I understand that, and it may seem really scary. Just the word alone seems a little scary, but regardless of what you have heard in the media to this point, this coronavirus outbreak has met the three requirements for a global pandemic, which is probably not as scary as you would imagine the definition of a pandemic is. So those three requirements are, one, the presence of a novel infectious disease, two, the spread from human to human, whereas some infectious diseases are just spread from an animal vector to humans and then do not spread from human to human. This coronavirus is spreading from human to human, even though the initial vector was animal and came originated from bats. Um, and three, it has to have sustained community transmission, which we aren't seeing everywhere as of right now, but we have seen in China and Italy, for instance, and we are starting to see in the US community. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, I do want to reiterate though, that the term pandemic can seem a lot scarier than it is. And I don't want you to panic just from that term alone. Pandemic does not mean zombie apocalypse, and this is not <laughs> a zombie apocalypse or apocalypse of any kind that is just pop culture, which is, you know, feeding our fears, and it's kind of unfortunate. This specific pandemic is actually something that the scientific community knew would happen, and we've known and been preparing for this to happen for many years now. Um, we just didn't know when it would happen, and you know, here it is. So the, the situation is serious and should not be brushed off. And I am not saying to ignore it or take it very lightly, but it is something that we do have the resources to overcome. And if we can manage the fear and panic aspects in the community and help to keep people feeling calm and secure and prepared, and also have people follow instructions that are provided, we will overcome this in pretty short order. So let's take a look at what the stats say. As of right now, today is Tuesday the 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way. It's a very strange holiday with all of, all, all of everything kind of shutting down right now and people staying home. Um, but 
The reported number of cases in the U.S. as of right now, it's 1 p.m., are 4,226 cases in the U.S., 75 deaths. 229 of those cases are travel-related, and 245 of those cases are due to close contact with travelers. And then the remainder, 3,752 cases, are still under investigation to figure out where these people contracted the virus. So California, New York, Illinois, and Washington are the only states as of right now reporting sustained community transmission, which I mentioned earlier. Um, But with the lack of testing and a full understanding of the virus, there are likely a lot more cases than are what are being reported right now. Um, And there are likely a lot more states with community transmission than those four. And I'm sure that that will um, update on, for instance, CDC's website or or WHO's website as this progresses. Right now, it's important to note that we have major limitations in the data. So firstly, the testing for coronavirus, COVID-19, is seriously lacking because of the tests themselves, which right now we're using PCR-based tests, and the lack of test availability and lab capacity to do these tests, Um, and the lack of people uh, seeking out getting tested as well, which means that the numbers of cases being reported right now just simply cannot be accurate, but they do give us an idea of the trends nonetheless. The data is also skewed by the lack of global standardized testing practices and reporting, meaning that the global numbers are not going to be fully accurate um, and our local US numbers that are being reported are also not going to be fully accurate because of what I mentioned. So since this is a virus, and even though it is a novel virus, it should follow a typical epicurve, which I've talked about before. Um, And that looks like a bell curve, basically, with a slope up and a peak, and then a slope back down the other side with um, kind of like a drawn out small tail. But the difference with this specific virus's curve is that the length in time um, will be, will mean that the, the curve span will be longer because of the period of infectiousness and the period of incubation being longer. So for the large majority of cases, the symptoms are light to non-existent, as I mentioned, asymptomatic, and just under 16% of cases are severe with a mortality rate globally around 0.8 Um, And it's different in some communities based on some outliers and some interesting things going on there. Um, And likely this could even be lower due to skewed data and, um, and not having standardized reporting practices. There is currently no vaccine to present, prevent this coronavirus yet. And there is also no specific treatment other than your typical flu protocols like hydrate, monitor, that sort of thing, um, with the exception of life-saving efforts like intubation for respiration in severe cases. 
Health scientists at CDC and WHO and other global infectious disease experts are really working diligently right now to research the virus, to understand it better, and find effective treatments and develop vaccines. So because there is not a lot known about this virus and because the situation is moving very quickly, we should not, under any circumstances, be making any assumptions or jumping to irrational conclusions. Here's my plea to you guys. So I urge you to ignore the fear-mongering and conspiracy theorists that are out there right now because even though the theories may seem interesting or entertaining or whatever the appeal is, they have no evidence base and contribute to the confusion and fear in the public. Please do not spread misinformation. The best solution is to ignore all of the chatter out there from folks who have no scientific knowledge or training on infectious disease or emergency response besides maybe they have a couple hours on Google. It's also best probably just to stay off of Google completely. And I know you love your favorite influencers, but please just understand that they very likely do not have the scientific knowledge to be speaking about this situation. Based on my experience and training in public health emergency response, I have some special insight as to how the response is and will play out in the community locally and globally. At the national level, CDC is monitoring the event 24-7 with locally and globally deployed epidemiologists, laboratorians, and behavioral health scientists, as well as Central Emergency Operations Center hub that kind of monitors all the events and reportings. The goal is to slow the progression and spread of the virus so as to flatten out the epi curve as quickly as possible. In other words, to get to the downslope and flattening of the curve faster. In the US, we have plans for pandemic flu that are being adapted and deployed for COVID-19 because of its similarity to the flu. These plans are already in motion and include some of the things that you're currently seeing right now as far as mitigation efforts like quarantine and cancellation of large gatherings and such. But these also include dispensing of medical supplies and treatment, including vaccines should one become available. Like I mentioned, I worked for the Washoe County pandemic flu plans in Nevada. So I know how this will work on the ground and what it looks like, but it does require a calm and concerted effort from the community. This is our responsibility as community members, but a little bit more about that in just a minute. So basically, the US has what is called the SNS. It's the Strategic National Stockpile. This includes vaccines, medications, medical supplies, and things like that. There are in strategic secret locations around the US vaccines and medications and medical supplies stored at these SNS places. So this will be pulled from in order to stock local, private and public, what are called pods, points of dispensing. These locations for pods 
are already mapped out in every city and state and they're fully ready with staffing plans and procedures in place and ready to be implemented at any moment. When and if the time comes, these pods will be announced in their location along with instructions for the public on how to access the pod closest to them. It is very important that the public follows the instructions to allow rapid coverage of the entire population if needed. When So this can actually happen within just a few hours if instructions are followed. Not only is it important to stay calm and informed for emergency response efforts to be effective, but it's also very important for prevention of infection and maintaining the health of everyone, yourself and everybody else around you. Fear and panic within the community is really a double-edged sword. So on one side, fear and panic put unnecessary stress on your body, which causes your immune system to just tank. And on the other side, fear and panic cause irrational behavior and risk of overburden to the healthcare system. If everyone who has a runny nose or a cough or a sneeze runs to the ER or urgent care at the first sign of any trouble, the healthcare system and staff will be overtaxed and use up all the resources needed to provide care to people who really need emergency and life-saving treatment. Fear and panic are of much greater concern for me personally, and I know for public health officials as well, than the virus and spread of the virus itself because it's actually risking a lot more lives and can cause a lot more illness and death than the actual virus itself because of the hit to the healthcare system that could happen. So this is why it's of utmost importance to stay informed from only high quality information resources and prepare yourself accordingly. I suggest only referring to CDC's or WHO's website for the most up-to-date information and guidance steps of what to do. I know that these sites are not super exciting or sexy and they're not social media, but they do provide a real snapshot of the current events happening as they're happening. There is a crazy amount, like I said, of misinformation spreading through society right now through the media, which is contributing significantly to the negative economic, social, and health impacts of this outbreak. So to shift gears a little bit, let's talk about what you can do. This is the more positive side. Um, so specifically, I'm going to share my suggestions and my personal pre preparedness activities and prevention activities with you guys. So number one, stress management. I know I've talked about this before and I'm kind of like a broken record, but stress is the number one predator on your immune system. Once you surpass your body's capacity to handle stress, you will start to see disease manifest. That's everything from acute to chronic illness. Stress increases your risk for and your outcomes of all chronic and acute illness. It also exacerbates poor health outcomes across the board for all of these. 
We already have a ton of day-to-day stress that taxes our body and the fear and panic around this pandemic really only magnify that and it, it, and it really is hurting you. So how can you hack stress? Well, my top stress hacks include meditation, exercise, journaling, gratitude practice, avoiding the news, staying informed from high quality information, resources that give me action steps, laughing, watch a funny movie, we did this last night, taking a mood boosting or calming supplement like CBD, adaptogens, there's plenty of them out there. I'll actually be posting a lot more in a lot more detail about all of these and my approaches and what you can do on my Instagram page. So be sure to check that out. It's biocurious underscore Kayla. um, And I'll be sharing more information there outside of this episode as well. So number two, support and boost your immune system. Your immune system is your number one line of defense against illness. So you want to have the best defense system possible, right? We have to support your immune system. Some natural ways to achieve this are to eat healthy, avoid toxins, exercise, manage your stress levels, get natural sunlight, get adequate and and restful sleep. My favorite immune boosting supplements include vitamin D, vitamin C, the B vitamins and zinc, which are all very important for immune function. I like to take turmeric, which is great for anti-inflammation. Propolis is an awesome one. It's derived from bee pollen and is shown to support immune function. I use a nasal spray version of it. Uh, Magnesium is essential for so many enzymatic processes in the body, including ones that interact with your immune system. I like to take a probiotic to keep my gut healthy, which is also associated with a positive mood, and that's associated with your immune system as well. L-lysine is a ketogenic amino acid that boosts immune function. Reishi is a mushroom that is great for immunity as well. Um, And glutathione, which is our master antioxidant to fight against oxidative stress. Um, I like to take a liposomal version of of, um, glutathione, or you can take the precursors um, because glutathione, if you just take it in and of itself, it basically gets destroyed in the stomach um, before it reaches and, and is able to interact with your body the way that you want it to. So number three is to take personal responsibility for your health and behave in a way to prevent your illness to yourself. So wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. You've already heard this. If soap and water are not available, you can use alcohol-based sanitizer. At least 60% alcohol is important. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, mouth with unwashed hands and kind of just avoid touching your face if you're in public at all is a good um, practice. Avoid contact with anyone who is sick. Stay home when you are sick. Cough or sneeze into your elbow or tissue and then throw that away in the trash and wash your hands. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. Another one that you might not think of is practice good communication. What are your needs? Discuss your plans. Express your fears and anxiety to your loved ones and talk about some actual solutions and steps that you can take to address those fears and anxieties. Support your overall health. Avoid toxins. 
right now, drinking less alcohol is a probably a good idea. Eating less processed food is a good idea. Eating less sugar is a good idea. Get movement. Use your Netflix or do some living room yoga. Um, take advantage of the free virtual offerings in your community. Like for instance, here in Atlanta, I know there's a bunch of offerings for virtual fitness and virtual wellness, including the Full Circle Studio that's doing um, virtual yoga. And I'm gonna be doing their Kundalini Yoga this Thursday. And Stat Wellness is offering virtual telemedicine and, um, and movement um, classes. The Fit Atlanta is also connecting people in the community to coaches and fitness professionals who can provide online offerings. So there are things out there, utilize them. Get some natural sunlight. Go and hang out on your porch or open your windows. This coronavirus is not airborne. Contrary to some of the myths that are out there, it can only propel through the air in infected person's droplets. So like a cough or a sneeze, and that can only go about six feet. So if you open your window, it's not gonna come in through the air, you're safe, and it's gonna be better for you. <laughs> um, unless you're in an area where there's a lot of pollution, of course. The last one is also to keep a positive mindset, which I'll talk about a little bit more, but this goes back to the fear tactics that are happening right now and the fear spreading throughout the community. If you can avoid some of that stuff and keep a positive mindset and you know maybe utilize your gratitude practice to do that, you are going to not only feel better and have a more positive mood and less stress, but your immune system will be more supported. So number four is be socially responsible. Social distancing um, is something that you've heard talked about right now. And so you really want to avoid crowds and contact with a lot of people right now. And the reason being is because of the, um, the long infectious nature of this coronavirus and also the fact that Symptoms can be non-existent in an infected person, meaning that they're walking vectors. So we really have to be socially responsible, understanding that that could be the case. And you could unintentionally spread the virus, so you want to avoid contact with any of the especially at-risk populations or large crowds of people where you don't know if there are people at risk. When you are out and about in public, you can protect yourself and others by practicing good hygiene, hand washing and sanitation. Also covering if you sneeze or cough and also, you know, avoiding people or staying, you know, six feet away from somebody who is exuding those symptoms um, without uh, making them feel demoralized or, you know, without making them feel like they're not human. They're still human and just be cognizant of people's feelings as well. If you have symptoms yourself, including fever, cough, shortness of breath, CDC's website has awesome detailed information on everything that you should do from soup to nuts. It's a great resource, but to summarize it here, you should stay home, stay in touch with your doctor and call before you go and get medical care at any facility in person, except in the case of emergencies. Separate yourself from other people in your home so that you can hopefully not spread the virus to them. Wear a face mask if you are sick, not if you are healthy. It will protect you if, or it will protect other people from you if you are sick. Clean your hands often, avoid sharing personal household items, and clean all high touch surface areas every day and get your family to help you out with cleaning the surfaces in the, in the home.
If you have severe symptoms, you should definitely seek medical attention immediately. And these include difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, having confusion, new confusion or inability to arouse and blush lips or face. Um, but it is a good idea to contact your your healthcare provider and let them know what's going on and get their advice on whether you should access a medical facility or not. So like I mentioned that we'd come back to, the last one is keep a positive mindset and this one may be the most important or in my opinion. Um, so the way to do this, there are plenty of ways, but the way that I do this is I avoid fake news, which is unfortunately everywhere right now. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, you want to avoid fear mongers and conspiracy theorists. Again, they are not contributing anything positive at this time and that information will not help you. These things are just not really helpful for our society and they only cause more stress, more anxiety, and more fear, which can really put you into a negative thinking loop. Also, you can take advantage of the downtime with your family and use this time at home to connect with each other. You can connect virtually if your family is on the other side of the country, but they're also you know, stuck at home. It's a good time to connect virtually as well. Just because we have to physically distance doesn't mean that we can't come closer together. Have a game night with your family or game full days with your family if you have time off right now. I know it's stressful because of the financial burden of this, but if you're going to be forced to take time off, you might as well take advantage of it to do something positive for yourself and for your family. You can watch lighthearted movies that are like feel-good movies or comedies that remind you to smile and see the good in the world. Practice gratitude and reflect on all the blessings that you have, whether they be small or large, even if it's just that you have a bed to sleep in at night in a safe place. Um, you know, practicing gratitude can really help to shift your mindset towards the positive. And I'll start right now by just saying how grateful I am for all of you and your support for the podcast. And I just want nothing more for more than your health and your happiness and for all of you to thrive and for our community to thrive. So I hope you found this helpful in some way or at least somewhat soothing. I'm here for you, so please do reach out to me if you have any questions or concerns about coronavirus or anything else health-related. And if I don't know the answer, I'll connect you with somebody who I think does know the answer, or I'll point you in a direction of a resource that you can trust. So in the meantime, stay happy, stay healthy, my friends. Hang in there. We will get through this. and. I will see you next week for another episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the BioCurious podcast. If you are still listening to this, then you have made it all the way to the end of the episode. And I just want to commend you for taking this time for yourself and making this investment in your health and wellness. And I also want to thank you for just being part of the BioCurious community. You really do mean the world to me and all of the great feedback that the community has given 
for the podcast and the guests that we have on has just really been amazing. If you know somebody who could benefit from the information shared in this episode, please do share it with them. Um, You can send it, you could send the link to them or you can take a screenshot and share it through your social media page. Um, And be sure to tag me if you do that because I will repost your post. And also, if you could leave a review for the podcast, it really, really helps us to grow the BioCurious community and also to spread more valuable knowledge. So thank you again for being part of my community. I also wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsors who are making season two possible and also helping to make a positive change in this world. These are brands that I personally use and trust. And as I mentioned, the Genius brand is one of the few supplement companies that I use on a regular basis and trust the quality. They've got a select few supplements that are really high quality for both performance of the body and the mind. And you can find them at thegeniusbrand.com and in the show notes below. The code BIOCURIOUS will also get you a little discount. So it's really a win-win-win for all of us. Uh, BioStrap is the other trusted sponsor and a brand that all of you know I have been using for a couple years now on the daily. I love it and I love the Sleep Lab. I think it's definitely the hands down best wearable for anyone looking to put their health data into action and optimize their health. So you can check them out at biostrap.com and they also have a discount code for you guys. It's BioCurious20. Um, And then be sure to download their app. It's free for anyone and it's in the app store. Just search for Biostrap.